Shall we begin? Let's begin. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Riley McRae with a scorpion kick. Two nil. Connor Metcalf. What a hit from Cameron Devlin. Finally, Nathaniel Atkinson. They've got that second goal, and it's with a first touch for Tilio. This is the Soccer Who's podcast, the show all about Australian football as we look to unearth the next generation of Socceroos who will one day wear the green and gold. Welcome back to the Soccer Who's podcast. My name is Lockie. I'm joined, as always, by James. And a special welcome to everyone who's been priced out by the latest Optus Sport price hikes. I will let you know right now that this show will never charge you money. It's always going to be free, so you can enjoy some good Aussie football content. Speaking of good Aussie football content, we've got a great show coming up. Two massive games of football are being played tonight. The Oliveroos kick off their campaign in the under-23s Asian Cup at 11 p.m. And then tomorrow morning at 4 a.m., the Socceroos play their first match of this window against Jordan. It's a friendly and an opportunity to work on some combinations or a test run for next Tuesday morning's game against United Arab Emirates. We're going to chat about both the under-23s and the Socceroos heading into these fixtures, but let's kick it off with the 23s, shall we? Sounds brilliant, mate. So, under-23s, first game up is against Kuwait in the Asian Cup group stages. And I'm looking forward to it. I would say that we definitely should be in Kuwait. We're the better footballing nation. We should have the better footballing talent, and I believe we do. Yeah, we definitely should be beating them. I'm just trying to look up right now. I can't see whether the under-23s have played Kuwait before. We've obviously played them at a senior level, but the under-23s heading into their first game of the Asian Cup, I'm expecting a comfortable win, but that's the beauty of football. Sometimes your predictions are wrong and you can never truly rest on your laurels. So let's quickly go through some of the names that we might expect to see starting tonight for the Oli Roos. I think Joe Gauchi. In goals for me, I think he starts based on his form in the back of the A-League season. Uh, who do you think is someone to look out for in goals? I think the other natural choice would be Chapman. I think he has shown that he's a player of very high potential playing in reserves for, or for Huddersfield. And he's a very talented young player. I think he is Australia's next number one, most likely, after we see Matty Ryan move on from the national side whenever that is in the future, I think. Chapman's the most natural choice. I think Gauchi doesn't have the upside of Chapman, so I'd expect Chapman to start if you're looking at playing players that will play together for the national team for years to come. Yeah, it's interesting, the philosophy around something like this tournament. Chatting to Jordan, we know that they're wanting to go out and win, as I think should be the attitude with any tournament that Australia plays, and using those friendlies to work on combinations to blood players that are future Socceroos. So Gauchi or Chapman, we don't know who's going to start, but I think both of them are a good shout. Down at centre-back, I know off-air there was a little bit of chat about who starts. I think J. Rich Bagalu is a shoo-in at right centre-back because of his performances. He has been playing at left-back for his club side, but centre-back is where I think he fits best in this side and going forward for the Socceroos is probably his best position as well. But who do you partner with him? You've got Billity, you've got Courtney Perkins, and Kai Truen. 
It's a really interesting one. Personally, what I would do is I'd go for the uh, double barrel pairing at the back. I like it. Of Jordan Courtney Perkins and Jay Rich Bagaloo. But something else that we could see if Trevor Morgan wants to have a bit of fun with his squad is we could see a three back including Kai Truen for me. That could be a really fun three back. Have Jay Rich Bagaloo in the middle, Kai Truen on the right and Jordan Courtney Perkins in the left. It would be quite interesting. We don't quite have the defensive cover with only Billity on the bench if he did choose to play a back three. But with players like Rawlins and Miller, Farrell and Boss as your wingbacks, they all like to push quite high. And so a back three could be quite fascinating. If he chooses to play the back four, let's chat about those fullbacks. Who do you have starting left and right back? I think right back was fairly easy for me, in my opinion. Uh, it's Rawlins. He's just earned to move to Utrecht. Phenomenal young player, I think, is better at this point in his career to Miller. But also, I think his potential is a lot higher. So I think Rawlins is a natural starter and a player that has shown already he's got leadership qualities to him. Uh, over to left back, this is a difficult one. I've chosen Farrell because he's played more minutes this year in the top 100 for players underneath the age of 20 so far in 2022, minutes-wise. So has played a lot of first-team football for the Mariners. Um, just edging out Jordan Boss, who I think also has phenomenal potential. So it's splitting hairs on that left side, but I think the right side for me is quite comfortably Rawlins. Yeah, I tend to agree. I wouldn't be surprised if Miller and Boss got minutes throughout this tournament. I don't think it'll be like the Olympics where there are players who weren't even used at all. I think we're likely to see every player getting some match minutes throughout this. Moving up to midfield, we've got five midfielders to choose from within the squad. Quite interestingly, I, we both predicted that that 23rd player would have been another midfielder to give a little bit more options. They've chosen another striker in Yengi. But these five midfielders, Nisbet, Francois, Nazarene, Yazbek, and Darigo. Who do you have playing in the midfield? We know that Francois has been given the armband, so I expect that he'll be starting. I agree, and I think he's probably our most talented central midfielder out of the lot, and probably our most true central midfielder because of this group, Najarain's played a lot of time up front on the wings. Nisbet has spent a lot of time this season on the wings as well, and Duraggio spent a lot of time at fullback. So it's quite a diverse midfield, so it'll be very interesting to see how we set out. I also expect Yazbek to start in this game and probably throughout the most of the tournament. Alongside Farrell, also one of the top minute getters for an under-20 player listed in the top 100. And really our only true six, I would argue, Duraggio, I think is a bit more of a box-to-box midfielder, whereas Yasbek is the true six. So I think he will sit in the base of that midfield. And if we go to a three-back, I expect him to be able to push up and play alongside someone else. In terms of that third central midfielder, I don't think it is Rami Najarain, even though he has played quite a lot for the under-23s and is one of the older players in the squad. I still expect it to be Nisbet, who has had more first-team football this season, and I think has quite a lot of technical ability, which will aid in the way Morgan will want to play, which will be fairly quick, fairly fluid attacking football. Moving forward to the wings, I think like the fullbacks, these are relatively secure. I don't know whether you agree with me. Right wing, Cam Pupion, for me, he starts... When comparing Pupion to Bernardo, Bernardo has had senior minutes in the A-League. Pupion isn't getting senior minutes at Brighton, but he's playing in a really competitive league. 
and in the back half of the season, performing quite well. On the left-hand side, you have Tristan Hammond and Lachlan Brook, and I think Hammond, once again, starts over Brook. I agree with you. I'm of the opinion that Tristan Hammond and Cameron Pupion are our two best young wingers, both in the squad, but also looking down the age bracket. Two very, very talented footballers. Two dual nationals as well, and we all love a dual national, so glad to see them representing the green and gold. And the great thing about them is they are very fluid, and they can play on both wings. So we'll see phases of play where I'm sure Pupion will play on the left, Hammond on the right, and vice versa. Both very direct players, quick players, and technically gifted players. And I really like this wing pairing. Now, the big one up top, Alu Kowal, Patrick Wood, and Cassini Yangi. Who starts for you? Because there is some differences in the play style for all three strikers. Yeah, all three completely different players. You go for a Luke Wall if you're looking for a true advanced forward with a poacher player that will look to get on the end of the balls, playing the shoulder of the last man. If you want more of a complete forward, you go for Wood, who can influence multiple faces of play. And if you want a target man who can make bursting runs forward, you go for Yangi. For me, I think when I look at the squad context, I would go for Yangi. I think his size um, and his ability to break up play defensively, but also when going forwards to hold up the ball, then make strong direct runs, combines really nicely with our silky wingers in Hammond and Pupion. And I really believe the size of Yangi could lead him to be one of the leaders for the Golden Boots in this tournament. There you go. That is a quick wrap-up of the squad and a potential starting 11 that we may see tonight. Kuwait under-23s await us in the first fixture the Under-23 Asian Cup. Heading to the Socceroos now, there have been a number of headlines out over the last couple of days. Unfortunately, Tom Rogic has withdrawn from the squad for personal reasons. We don't know what those reasons are. And it's never a nice thing to see a player withdraw for personal reasons. Injury, that's not great, but there's obviously something going on to the point where he can't represent the nation. And we know how much playing football means to Rogic and we know how much representing Australia means to him. And so, yeah, it's disappointing, but that's the nature of it. Graham Arnold has confirmed that he won't call up anyone as a replacement and that doesn't come as a surprise to me because he has listed an extended squad. Whether you try and call up someone like Bremer just for the squad experience, I don't know. That's definitely the take that I was seeing a lot of on Twitter, but I'm not surprised that he hasn't been caught up. And as Arnold said, there's still two players ahead of Brimmer in that squad in McGree and in Rustich. So it's neither here nor there. Did he say that? What? There's two players ahead of him. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Which means he views him in the same role, which is really interesting. As we've said before, Graham's eye test, he needs to go to Specsavers because his eye tests are consistently not good. Yeah, maybe OBSM. Maybe his issue is he's going to spec savers. He needs to convert to OBSM. Yeah, it's true. Lorben and Pank trying to make a late bid as well. That's enough about different optical dispensers. Let's chat about this game. Tomorrow morning, Socceroos against Jordan. How do you see Graham Arnold running out? Does he use this game as an opportunity to test some combinations that haven't played so much together? Or is this just a trial match before the big game next week? I think we will see Graham Arnold play the Graham Arnold way and get players trying to play the Graham Arnold way. Uh, additionally, I think it's going to be 
an opportunity for certain players to build fitness. I think Graham Arnold will play Moy considerable minutes and will play Adam Taggart considerable minutes, especially kind of bring them back into the first team as they've been in and out recently between fitness, COVID and injury. I think those will be the two main themes of this squad where it's going to be players gaining fitness, match fitness, who haven't had much of it, and also getting used to combinations after not playing with certain players for a long time. How important is not absolutely gassing our players and playing them for 90 and pushing them for the win? I think it's very important. I think no player should play a full 90 except for probably the goalkeeper in this game. You could let the goalkeeper play a full 90, but even then, I'd expect probably Vukovic maybe to get 20, 30 minutes at the end of the game. I think you protect your players, you don't risk injury, but you definitely allow players to have a significant portion of the match. My guess would be between a half for the minimum for your expected starting 11 to 60, 70 minutes for the players that are guaranteed starting 11 or you want to try with a different combination who you bring on a half time. Sounds good. I know that you've just said that he's likely to play players who are needing to build match fitness, but how important do you think tomorrow's result is? If we lose... Is the writing on the wall? Obviously, his contract is up at the end of the World Cup cycle, but do we lose all hope if we lose tomorrow morning? Well, on paper, a result means nothing in this game. But I think in the mentality of players, it means everything. We want to build a culture of winning football. We want to be the best team in Asia. And to do that, you have to treat these games like games that you need to win every single time. Does that mean he has to go out and play his best 11? No, because it means nothing on paper. You have the luxury to make some changes, try some things, but that doesn't mean you treat it like a training match. You still treat it like a competitive match that you go out and win. So I expect them to win this game because they should win this game. But I also expect, well, I'd hope Graham Arnold try some things, tries to get a bit more of a clear vision for the upcoming match against UAE that maybe he didn't have after so many competitive games leading into the Japan game. So I give him the benefit of the doubt leading into this one, hoping to try some things, but my prediction is he'll continue to play his usual brand of football and not really try anything new or get any new insights from this game. Follow-up question, and I guess it's a lead-in to who you think might start and play in the game. Do you think that we play our near best 11 or... Do you think it's about just trying to force combinations? I think it's a bit of both. I think if a player is going to be in the first team, no matter what, Aiden Christich, for example, you start them. But for the players that are in a bit of a competition, for example, maybe you think left back's a bit of a competition between Joel King and Davidson. You play them for a half each. See how they go. If you want to try Adam Taggart combining compared to Mitchell Duke starting, you can play them half each. You give it a go. So players that will play, you start and you start them against your players that you would expect to play with around them. But you also do a bit of that. So it's a bit of both for me. Yeah, I think I need to prepare emotionally because if we lose the game and play poor football, then <laughs> it doesn't look good. That is riding on the wall. It'd be doing a real number on the mentality of the players. Mm. You want to try and get three wins from three in this window. It's also somewhat of a pride thing, I think, for the players. They've just had 
four really horrible games in a row, four games in a row, which has cost us our spot at the World Cup, potentially. So coming out into this, they won't want to prove a point in this kind of a game. It's a friendly game. They can go out and play with confidence and assurances of, no, we need to prove ourselves and strike fear into the UAE and potentially also Peru to show, hey, no, these aren't going to be easy games. So I certainly hope the players come out and play with that pride. And if they don't, I think that says a lot about the mentality that Graham Arnold has instilled in them. Okay, fascinating. Do you think that there are any players in this squad that could get even half an hour of football and play so well that they change Arnold's mind heading into the game next week? In my mind, there's only one, and it's Marco Tillier. He's that much of an X-factor. If he comes on, scores a brace against Jordan, playing in the incredibly structured manner that Graham Arnold likes and still makes that difference, he could force his way into a starting eleven against Craig Goodwin. Let's get into who we think might feature in this game, just like we did with the Ollie Ruse. I think starting in goals, it makes no sense to play anyone other. Andrew Redmayne. Took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> no, Matthew Ryan, mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Matt Ryan, he starts in goals, no doubt. Centre-backs, Degenek Sainsbury, do you try to play right, do you think? Um, I think right will play a half. I think you start with Sainsbury, Degenek, because that's what you plan to start with. And I don't think right's getting in there necessarily, but I expect... At halftime, one of the two to come off for right, and then the other one to come off probably 75 minutes through for, hopefully, in my mind, Gianni Stentonis. Moving to left back, you kind of addressed it already, but who do you think starts? There's three to choose from. Do you start with King and see who's been better in training between Davidson and Bayich, or do you start with the unknown quantity in, in Davidson and bring on either a King or a Bayich? For me, I think you start King because you expect him to start. He is in the lead to start. And he'll probably come off at half time. But when I look at Graham Arnold, it's a man that also likes a story. You know, look at the way he spoke about D'Agostino in the lead up to the last qualifiers. And I wouldn't be surprised at all to see a Davidson start in this game. Yeah, definitely left a field pick for me. I still think Joel King is our best left back. But between the three of them, it's not like there's a Ryan Grant option in the mix. I think they all bring something different to the table and they can use those qualities to elevate the rest of the team. Ryan Grant, on the other hand, I don't think he brought anything to the Socceroos side. Vibes. Vibes is maybe the only thing. And then when he lost the mullet, did he really bring the vibes as well? Yeah, he did score a couple of goals. I will say that he scored a couple of goals, but other than that, a real head scratcher for me. Let's move to right back. Atkinson and Karacic are fighting it out. I would like to see Karacic get game time and get some meaningful game time. I think Atkinson is still a main starter. What do you make of that? I agree. I think you play them a half each and you start Atkinson. There you go. Simple as that. Into midfield. This is a really interesting one. We've got six midfielders that we can play. As I said before, in a press conference the other day, Graham Arnold was addressing why Brimmer wasn't in the squad and he said that there were three players ahead of him. Rogic, who's no longer in the squad, Hrustic and McGree. And when talking about Hrustic, I found this fascinating because he did say that Hrustic came off the bench in the Europa League final and played in a double six. Something that Arnold, we know, likes to do. He likes to play as four, triple two. Could we see Hrustic playing in the six? I hope not. I think we need him up the pitch in 
especially the UAE in the pregame. But I think it's more likely that he'll start in a six. It is curious when addressing Jake Bremer, who I think there is no debate about it. He's a 10. He never really has played true eight. When he has played in midfield with another player next to him, he plays in the advanced eight, almost becoming a 10. Uh, So it's really interesting when he said he's got three players ahead of him. He's listed three left-footers and three players that, in my mind, should be eights or tens, yet he's then linked for a stitch as a six. It's an interesting eye test by Graham Arnold that I don't personally agree with, but I think the most likely starting 11 for me is a Moy Christich double pivot, but I would love to see Kenny Dougal getting a start at the six. I think his form has been superb, and I think he's one of those players where he could start in this UAE game, give us a really good backbone and protection to allow players like Nathaniel Atkinson and Joel King to advance higher up the pitch. And he's one of those players where you start and you give a bit more game time in a friendly match to see, hey, are you ready to translate that onto the international stage after having a really good end of the club season? I agree with you. I'd also like to see Dougal start. Given his recent form, I think he deserves match minutes in a friendly. I know that Arnold has been pumping up the tyres of Aaron Moy. He's been getting personal training to make sure that he's fit enough. Game time for me, though, always trumps gym work and personal training work. Aaron Moy has that experience, and maybe this is the opportunity for him to really build up that game time. But coming off months of no football into such important qualifiers, surely Dougal gets a start. We're yet to talk about McGree, Jean Roux, and Irvine. What do you think happens with those players? Irvine doesn't start this game. I think he pitches off the bench and he becomes your replacement for a Moy if you start Moy or Christich when he starts to get a bit more tired and you want to protect him in this kind of a match. In terms of John Rue, I think he's not in the starting plans. I think he's quite a bit off the starting plans just due to the talent in our midfield. And I expect him to play probably 45 minutes to protect the more guaranteed starter. But in terms of the rest of that midfield it's a toss-up really I think Kenny Dougal should start in the six and I ideally would play a single pivot but knowing Graham Arnold it's going to be a double pivot and I would expect that to be Chris Stitch based on his comments with McGree further up playing as almost that second striker yeah interesting moving forwards the wings right wing you've got the likes of Boyle Mabil and Leckie to choose from First of all, who starts for you and who do you think that Graham will choose? Who starts for me is Mabil. We're trying to build his confidence. He's just earned to move. And I think he has that X factor about him where when he's playing with confidence, he can dominate a game. So I think you start him to build that confidence. And looking at Boyle, he's a professional player. He'll understand that if that's what's happening. And he'll come off the bench even though he knows, hey, I'm the better player here. I should be starting because he knows in his ability and trusts in his ability to come to UAE. So for me, I start Mobile and I think that's also what Graham Arnold will do. I think he'll actually protect Boyle in this kind of a game and maybe give him a bit of a break or play him for the first half, maybe and then bring on Mobile and try and gas him up saying, hey, this is your opportunity now. 
show me something, prove it to me. Whichever way it dices up, I think Boyle definitely isn't playing more than a half of football to protect him. And Mobile plays a fairly sizable chunk of minutes to, hey, prove yourself kind of minutes. Lecky not getting anywhere near the starting 11 for you? Definitely not on the right side. You can make an argument for up front. Uh, but when I look at up front, I think there's only really one player that makes sense. Before we move to up front, Patrick Kuznobo has utilised him a little bit more in the midfield in the last couple of games for City. Do you think that that could be a position that we see Lecky in more of within the Socceroos setup? Within the Socceroos setup, no. I think his time is up after these games in the Socceroos setup. Um, even if we make the World Cup, I don't think he'd feature much. I think he's more there for the leadership if we do make the World Cup. I don't think he'll be good enough to crack on midfield. On a club level, definitely. I think that will extend his career and arguably should have been where he was playing five years ago. And then we could have a different conversation uh, today. But it's a bit too little too late for him to make that move. And I don't see him playing in the midfield for the Socceroos. There you go. You heard it here first. James does not believe Lecky will be playing in the midfield. Considering that we lost Rogic, could be a masterstroke move if you need some leadership on the pitch in the midfield. Because I think that that's where he's been playing his best football recently in that advanced eight, kind of 10 role. Yep, I agree with you. I just think when you look at the midfield, Christich should get it ahead of him in the 10 role anyway. So it makes it very difficult. But if Graham Arnold wants to try something new, go for double tens, I would think it would be fun to see him next Christich in that kind of a role in more of a 4 3 2 1 shape I think that will be very exciting to see or have a pacier player next to him but I think on the wings he's a bit too slow now and he gets isolated too much fair enough on the other side of the pitch Tilio Goodwin you addressed it a little bit earlier but Goodwin to start Tilio off the bench I agree half each and you literally see whoever plays the better football and proves it more starts in the next game I think I think Goodwin's probably ahead in that race based on his experience and his prior performances for Australia, as well as Tilio's prior performances for Australia. Not saying they're bad, but prior performances, he's come off the bench. And that's where Graham Arnold clearly thinks his impact should be. But a player of Marco Tilio's ability, he can prove himself a player that should be starting. And it'll be really interesting to watch this game, especially how Marco Tilio plays within it. And finally, the big one up top, four strikers to choose from. If you ask Graham Arnold, a number of them a little similar, perhaps. Taggart, Duke, McLaren, and Nick D'Agostino. How many strikers do we see in this game getting meaningful minutes? It can't surely be three. I don't think so, no. I think it will be two. I think you play Adam Taggart for the first half. You continue to build up his fitness. He's been starting again at club level in the Japanese league as well, which is a very, very high level league. I'd say above Australia for sure. And he's starting to get goals back into his feet. When you look at the way Australia has played under Graham Arnold, we are better with a complete forward like Adam Taggart, who can drop a bit deeper, influence the play. You could argue similar to Jason Cummings, but we addressed that last week. Looking at the rest of the squad, he's the only player that really gives that. McLaren, Daggers, poachers through and through. Yes, Daggers is a little bit more physical, but they're both true poachers at the end of the day. So I expect Adam Taggart to play the first half, Mitchell Duke to play the second half. 
that's what you expect and that's also what you would do? That's what I would do, yes. But I could also very much see Graham Martel playing Nicholas D'Agostino on the wing as well in this kind of a game. I could see him coming on on the right side. Maybe we don't see Boyle at all and it's Mobile and then Daggers. Also something equally lucky. Or he could look to remove one of his midfielders and go for more of a double pivot six, two wingers, two strikers, as opposed to that dropping deeper kind of false nine role he has played with Fristich McGree in the past. It's set to be exciting. Tomorrow morning's match against Jordan, I believe it's kicking off at 4 a.m. in the morning. And the under-23s start their Asian Cup campaign. Going to be some sleepless nights for some Australian football fans in the next coming days. And we'll be joining you for the ride as much as we possibly can. I have work starting at 5 a.m. in the morning, so I don't know how much I'll be able to watch. But I'm going to be putting myself in a bubble so that I don't have the results spoiled for me and I'm going to go and watch the games in full. That's if Paramount Plus release them on time. That's it for this episode. We'll catch you before the end of this week chatting about the Iraq under-23s game and upcoming Socceroos UAE game. And we'll probably chat about the Jordan under-23s game as well. You can get in touch with us at any time through our social or email channels. Our social handle, SoccerWhosPod on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram, and our email, soccerwhoospod at gmail.com. We'll catch you next time. See ya!